Hello guys, welcome to the podcast Sport and Life. Now if you know me, you know that I've covered a lot of boxing in my time, big boxing aficionado, never had the cojones to get in the ring and actually do it myself, but very pleased today. It's a changed direction for me because if you do follow me on social media, you know that I think through listening to Joe Rogan's podcast in particular, I've got into the concept of USC, the tactics, the psychology of it, the whole courage, the, the similarities with boxing there, but the complexity of it and the different discipline. So I'm really pleased to discover in the past couple of months that there's a UFC former fighter, former world taekwondo champion, youngest champion living in Gloucester, just a few miles from my house. And he's, uh, he's here full of life, vivacious, allegedly 52. But Mark Weir, you're looking uh, about 30, 36 there, mate. Yeah. Looking, looking in good nick still. Yeah, looking well. How are you? I do a YouTube channel and I would say, found you for his uh, sweat, work hard, sweat more and you stay young. Yeah. And then that is uh, the motto. And I do believe in it. Uh, my role model is my my mother, who's uh, also used to train, used to take me running around the block with her when I was in my early ages, about nine or ten. Yeah. And uh, that sort of like get me uh, the sort of passion to stay healthy and stay fit watching her. And used to be, um, well, she was a model though, but you, you, went, yes. you went a slightly different path. It's not, yeah, my, not, not preserving yeah, you. Yeah, my sister went down that same path as my mum. She did very well. Uh, around the country modelling uh, and I used to love the pictures you know, of her modelling and uh, I was very proud of her yeah. and her, her friends well I liked her friends <laughs> <laughs> the model, yeah. the model yeah. friends yeah, yeah. We're, we're like never months apart hardly any age between us I was the oldest in the year she was the youngest and she had always had her friends come around and uh, had a lot of female friends yeah they're, they're, you know <laughs> Um, uh, I'm sure I made a lot of guys jealous and stuff yeah but, yeah yeah but um, me and my sisters used to work out together as well because of that as well, Mine so it's your your cut. Yeah, where you where you wound up in terms of combat sports was the the seed of it was potentially with your mum and just her discipline and yes. and, and her kind of focus on health. Yeah, yeah. She uh, she always said that um, you know if you're not if you don't use it you'll lose it. And uh, in other words, you're going to stay on top of it. She's related to cleaning your teeth. Yeah. Uh, if you don't clean your teeth, you just know that it's slowly deteriorating. And eventually, you lose your teeth and you you regret it. So I used to relate to everything I want to keep. Uh, health, you name it, you've got to keep on top of it. Yeah. And uh, she used to, she did psychology when she was younger. She went to private school. And the things she used to say to me, I used to look at her a bit baffled. A bit, I think my mum was a bit strange. I think I had a bad life because uh, <laughs> all the stuff she bombarded me. Then when you get to your teens, certain things come to light. She'll say things and you think, and you relate to it. Another thing, you relate to it. And then you start to realise there's a bit of wisdom in this, yeah. all this weird um, uh, things she's saying and bringing up, I, I can't remember what she used to call it. But they've got these, all these sayings they have in Jamaica and that. Yeah. And uh, I used to sometimes, even now, I, I go back to her and she'll tell me them, like the, the short road draws blood, the long road draws sweat. And I used to think to herself, what does that mean? And she could relate to drugs, could relate to success. And yeah, you know, and I, I, used to, I used to love them. So it's amazing that though, isn't it? You sort of, when you become a parent yourself, you start to realise well, yes. how difficult it was for your parents yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm very lucky. Um, my son and my daughter do look up to me. My younger two as well. Yeah. Uh, looking at what I've achieved. And I'm just trying to bring across uh, the same thing, um, you know, same foundations I've got. But again, it's to be not big-headed about it, be reserved. and Because uh, I know uh, you want people to admire you and come to you and ask for help. Not the other way when they think you're too, big, too big-headed, cocky. Uh, a bit like McGregor, I think he's gone <laughs> a bit too far. It's, it's, Con- it's Conor McGregor because he seems to have, I mean, since your day, obviously... You, there were big names. You mentioned Chuck Liddell, who you oh, train yeah, with. Yeah, he was a big yeah. name. I think transcended the sport. Certainly, Absolutely I was. Absolutely, grounded aware, guy. Yeah, I was uh, aware of him. Yeah, yeah. But do you think Conor McGregor is it an act? Is it good that he's publicised the sport? He, I think at first it's great because uh, my role model originally was boxing, Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And when I studied Muhammad Ali, I studied boxing. Like, I knew the history of boxing like 
phenomenally. Because he like, said some pretty mean things about Joe Frazier. And... Yeah, but uh, Joe Frazier, when he was struggling with money, mm. remember, did he bailed him out? Yeah. Not people didn't know about that. Yeah. And then after that, they ended up fighting again. Yeah. But, yeah. you know... Fought three he, times in the end, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but Ali, when he, when he, he was really was a, not, a bad person. And I, I found out all this, like, uh, uh, when he was needed, in need of money and needed a fight. He gave him the fight yeah. to help his financial situation. Wow. And um, where Ali lost out... He kept fighting to help feed the people or hanging on, hanging on, hanging on to him. Basically, the people who is his entourage. Yes, and that's yeah. where it can be his downfall. Yeah, and it was his downfall. It's interesting you, you mentioned Muhammad Ali, but he came from Kentucky, I believe, didn't he? And he had yeah. he had a difficult upbringing. I've heard his brother talk about they didn't have any money or anything. But it's interesting. We were chatting before, and after doing hosting a boxing podcast at Sky for three years, you make me a lot of fighters all different backgrounds, black, white, different parts of the country. But often there is that adversity, that battle against yeah. challenges. But for yeah. you, you I just got, absolutely uh, loved it, didn't you? That was what yeah, you got into. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a quite a refreshing story in a yeah. way. You know, It's great those guys found a way out of difficult times. But for you, it, wasn't it, was, a, it, was, a, it was a labour of love, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like uh, my mum and dad both business people. My, dad had a, my, dad's, my grandfather had a shop. My dad went to business with him. And then he actually opened a shop opposite sides of the road, yeah. like competitively, <laughs> with his dad. And, uh, what was and it, it selling? Uh, just general uh, goods and um, yams, uh, bananas, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jamaican food. This is in Gloucester? Yeah, yeah, I worked there growing up. Because there is quite a big West Indian community in Gloucester, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there's everything now, Asian, you name it. Yeah. But um, yeah, but everybody used to come to our dad. And the uh, thing what was down for is that he did too much credit. All right. You don't credit people. It's like they don't. Yeah. It goes on for years trying to get the money back. And that so they say, "I'll I'll pay you when yeah, yeah, yeah. I get yeah. paid." And our mum went in there once to help him out, and they they said they complained because uh, she won't give credit. Really? <laughs> yeah. She she knew not <laughs> to do. Just too this. serious. Yeah, yeah. But her her dad was, or also her own father had his own shop as well. He had loads. He did Blue Mountain Coffee, which is quite a big name. Yeah. Uh, he did sugarcane clothing. He did everything in Jamaica. But yeah, knew, yams are supposed to be really good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Anthony it, Joshua reached out, and it's big, yeah. big money as well. Yeah, uh, our dad, our dad said he made one of his biggest uh, uh, years making money through uh, importing yams. Really, everybody came to it and flooded to him. Yeah, because he had a storm and stuff like that. And he was back one of the only places that had it. It's a so, trendsetter. Yeah, well, he just uh, was very lucky at the time. So where did the seed? Where did the seed come for you? Because you just it was it seeking adrenaline that got you into fighting. Yeah, it's adrenaline. Um, a business orientated family. Uh, I had no choice. Uh, one of the things about uh, sticking to it. When I was nine, I remember getting fed up. My friends were messing around on the weekends. I asked my dad if I can uh, have a weekend. He goes, "When you're old enough to." You know, have uh, you know, put a roof over your head, then you can stop working at the shop. So basically, <laughs> so you're working I, at the shop at nine. Uh, in the, in the, on the weekends. Yeah. So in I used the to, store in the cupboard. Yeah, yeah, at the back, and it's a stock things and that. So I used to knuckle down, forget about it. So I realised to get things done, you just got to forget about it. Just knuckle. if you think about it too much, it's hard. Yeah. And I think when I apply myself to something, everything becomes hard, and that's when I learn to switch off and knuckle down again. Yeah. But also from my mum's upbringing. Uh, is about consistency uh, or success is about obsession mm. if you're obsessed with something that's where success is at the end of, end of that do you think there's, there's a healthy obsessive trait that, yes. that you can I don't think anybody can be really great at any sport if they're not partly obsessive no we need, yeah. you need at least what's it Malcolm Gladwell says 10,000 hours don't they to, yeah, to get that if you're skill. doing it it's hard work because you're forced I, I know some people are getting themselves out of the ghetto as you call it but um, you, I think you've got to enjoy it at, you know, at some level yeah, you know it can't be just for the money. I think that's a a bad sign because then it's all money and then it, it can become evil. Yeah, 
because money is evil. You know, you see uh, even sons kill their dads just over their heritage. Or, you know, I, I've heard a lot of bad stories. Mm. So I like to do it for the love of uh, the sport. Like me, I, I love the adrenaline. It's inter- um, it was interesting to me because you came from, you said to me, quite well-to-do circumstances. Very, from money, yeah, yeah, money, yeah, in, very, very money background in, in yeah. Jamaica. But even yeah. despite that, your mum was able... And your dad, it seems to instill that, that work ethic. Yeah, yeah. More my mum, I think my dad was a bit more... <laughs> uh, not put my dad down, but he was a bit more heavy-handed. Uh, I see a lot of bad traits with my dad, like men do. Yeah. Like with money, women, they attract that, flashy cars. Knowing the cars with my own, was my mum originally. Really? My mum was more the successful one than our dad. Yeah. And the cars, what he drove around was... Uh, I only found out later on in life that all the cars he used to drive around, the brand new business, Hades and Benz, uh, is like, uh, it was our mum's. Really? And yeah, so she was a real brain of the family. But back in the, the early days, the men were the, the breadwinners. They, they, they ran the family. So that was, he was like the kind of the front. Yeah. And she was yeah, actually the, she really the, 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 the energy behind yeah, it. Yeah, they had a restaurant called uh, Real Rights Restaurant, really successful restaurant, did everything there. And uh, our dad seen how much money our mum made. One yeah. time he needed this uh, truck, we didn't have enough, enough money. So our mum came in and put a check on the table. And I remember him saying, like, where did where you get it from? He goes, you told me not to ask you about your business, don't ask me. Really? And then a year or so after that, he became deputy manager of uh, her business. I mean, he, he, he became got, deputy yeah, manager yeah, of her, yeah, her yeah, business. Yeah, he came in and uh, uh, he wanted to get his hands on, obviously. And uh, he was driving around her in nice cars and everything else. I always thought it was his, but it wasn't. Yeah. He had a big argument later on in life. And uh, all, uh, the truth came out. Me and my sister were sat there looking at each other in shock. Really? Uh, they split up in the end. She, yeah. had, she had enough. Yeah. And uh, it's a shame because of a really late age. And then uh, that's when I found out that uh, all the truths about the family. And that's sort of like helped me as well. Makes me keep, keep straight and you know, straight and narrow and keep true to myself as well. So your dad's almost a role model because of what he did. You, you kind of did, try and do the opposite with your kids. Trying to opposite, opposite of my, more opposite of my dad. He was a real hard worker, mind. Yeah. But opposite to what my dad did, which was uh, the, the women, the, the money, the, and mm. not the drink so much. He didn't really drink. But as uh, and also I like the side of my mum, which was family orientated. Yeah. She took us on holiday all the time. Uh, we were on a load of holidays with her, and she'd make sure that we were on holiday twice a year at least. Mm. And it, that was a good side. That, that's that's what I want. I do it with my kids all the time now, and it's a real nice family orientated. Me and my wife, we make sure we pick our holidays twice a year at least. Yeah, and we're always going away. What that sounds a great life. Um, and you trained as an engineer, but what was what was it like? Because you were born in nineteen sixty seven. Was that yeah, in Gloucester? Yeah. yeah, in Gloucester. Yeah. And what was that like growing up as a West Indian family in Gloucester? Uh, very 70s? good. Um, we moved to more of a wealthier area. Yeah. And um, I was teased a lot. Yeah. A lot of racism. Back really? Then. Yeah, a lot of racism. Um, but it was almost seen as normal with that. In that, that I, time. I accepted it. Our mum kept me on the street, and I we kept saying, "Look, we came to this country. We begged to come to the country." Because of Jamaica as part of the English, um, you know. The, yeah. Why did she want to come if they're doing well in Jamaica? A nursing. Nursing. She was a nurse. Um, they needed nurses, especially. Uh, and uh, basically to help build a country. She started off in Wales. Yeah. And um, then they went to Bath and then came to Gloucester after that. So I, I was quite lucky along those lines. Because I realised that, you know, it was like, although someone would be a racist, taunt, uh, taunt me a little bit. I remember I was here to help build a country back up. Yeah. And I say... You know, I said to her, I always say, don't speak patwa, the bad language, like slang. <laughs> Everybody speaks it because uh, you're degrading yourself. Really? So that's why, you know, I, I don't speak patwa. If I lose a bit of my temper, I might come out a little bit because my dad spoke it a lot. Yeah. I, you know, but I, I don't really speak slang language. I don't swear. It's a sort of mixture of English and different phrases. Yes, patwa, yeah. yes. Instead of three, they say tree. Okay. There's real slang and 
You hear I love the Jamaican accent. It's great, though. Isn't it's it? great and everything. It's one of the most po- must be one yeah. of the most popular accents in the, the world. The, the wealthier people of Jamaica, a Spanish town, and they speak more of a slang. Yeah, but you can understand them. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm very lucky. She she was very much had a lot of time to educate us about right and wrong and the direction we should be going. And uh, if I told her in store, she'd tell me the, the this, idea. What is she, What type of nurse was she? Uh, I'm not sure exactly all I remember no. all I remember eventually she went to old people's homes yeah the neutral masses called along Stroud Road and I remember taking us up there and I, I was went into a bit of acting doing a performing uh, for the older people yeah doing some uh, plays and stuff with my sister wow. so a performing was like I'm doing that over the martial arts yeah yeah I was, that was always in my, my blood as well do you like that thrill of performance and yeah yeah you stand in front of people and you have to perform and you entertain and put a smile on your face yeah you've been successful it kind of makes you, you got that feeling of being alive isn't it I suppose yeah, yeah being in yeah, the moment yeah yeah, I, I do like the, the reason I asked your mum, because your mum was at Gloucester Hospital, because it, obviously yeah. it's not her, but there was a Jamaican midwife who helped give birth to my, my, okay. my daughter yeah, yeah. in 2014. So that yeah. was it was interesting. But she was she had quite a broad Jamaican accent, but it sounds like your mum didn't. She was, uh, yeah, I think one of my mum's role models were, was a woman called Mary Seacole. She's actually in the uh, English history, but you want to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. But basically, Mary Seacole, cut a long story short, I don't put anything down, but there's Forest Nightingale, everyone yes. talks about her. She never, ever went into the war. Really? She was never at the forefront. Yeah. And Mary Seacole came over to England and Florence Nightingale hated her. Really? Because all the soldiers, all the English soldiers worshipped her. Yeah. Because she's on there, she knew about the herbs and everything else and she's going into the forefront, the front line and she's healing them. And then in the end, the only reason why she's a part of the British uh, history books is that all the, all the soldiers, when they came back, they forced the, uh, everybody to recognise her for what she's done. Yeah. But it, even my, my daughters, when they, they mentioned her, they talk her on a little small scale. But I reckon, being a black man, I know yeah. I know that she's a, a bigger role model. She did more than what people... If ever anybody researched her, I can hint. It's, like, it's almost like there's not enough room in people's heads. They have like one person yeah, associating yeah, one yeah, thing, don't yeah. they? Yeah. It's like, oh, Florence yeah. Nightingale's the nurse. Yeah. And, you know, but she never did went into the war. She never... She, no. she was just... Uh, basically like she's like the, the prime minister put people <laughs> into battle but never ever go out there yeah. himself never take part so Mary went into the war did she actually she was front line uh, yeah, yeah Mary Seacole was in the front line he was the first, first world war uh, I take it I don't even yeah. know yeah it would be yeah. the first world war and she'd be there and she'd help the soldiers with the herbs because you get uh, a lot of these uh, I'm not sure what there's catch uh, gangrene and things yeah use, use certain viruses and she's get rid of herbs and that because um, when I was in Jamaica and I was ill I was ill over there I remember one time they cut a plant and it was a peppermint and my, my stomach was settled within about half an hour wow yeah because you don't drink coffee or tea do you no I, I've, I've gone along the words uh, the lines of herbal tea if I've got a headache chamomile if I've got upset stomach peppermint if, uh, if I want to get energy ginseng and ah. I take rosehip tea if, I, if I've got a cold yeah. and it fights it within an hour Oh, that's a good shout. I'm never ill. Yeah. I've had, <laughs> so, a, so I've had a cold lately, so I'm going to have to, A, yeah. I'll stay away from you, but B, I'll I've been ill once or twice since I was about 16. So. Amazing. And uh, working out helps as well, doesn't it? Working out helps a lot. But it brings down your immune system. Mm, if so, you overdo it. Yeah, when you train, so you've got to make sure you rehydrate properly and eat properly. Mm. Uh, thing what I've done unnaturally, uh, wasn't done by, ch- it was by chance, it was the right thing. I don't eat before midday, which is fasting. Yeah. Like, everybody's gone mad on <laughs> Yeah. And he goes, oh, what were, what were you on? I goes, I don't know, mate. Yeah, just what, go, you, what feels I right. I don't know. I just never used to eat before midday. And uh, what I f- came across is com- food com- combining. Yeah. And it basically says, whatever you eat is still digesting up to about midday. If you eat before midday, it should be uh, fruit. Okay. So I never used to eat before that. But then that, but that's probably the same lines of what fasting came yeah. along. 
And uh, what I found, uh, I cut down my, I wouldn't combine certain foods and I stopped eating things like beef and pork and stuff because they said it needs so many hours to digest. Mm-hmm. The easiest one to digest is chicken. Yeah. So I always ate chicken. Yeah. And then, uh, so everything I just did when I was younger, but for now, everybody is now changing their dietary habits. Well, you probably the, wouldn't do it, would you? Because you said that one of the big things you growing up was I don't avoiding trends. Everybody's vegan now. Yeah. Like, I can't be vegan anyway. No. So I like my chicken. And, uh, well, you're you a West Indian boy. It's like, big, yeah, yeah, chicken's yeah. big. But uh, I, I seem to be very healthy. I seem to be, uh, I recover fast. Injuries, unreal. Yeah. I get scratches, bruises, whatever. I just, I, I'm, I'm very blessed. I don't know if it's in my gene, but... Well, it must have been, well, you're really happy as well. You've got a big smile on your face. <laughs> and it, it must be... It must because I was going to ask you because I looked at it and you're 52, but you only retired in 2014 from mixed martial arts. Yeah, and I was 45 w- years old. Yeah, and I was wondering, you know, it probably just came to the end of the road. But you seem so hit, uh, so no, so I fit, always, so fit I, and yeah. vivacious now. I always was knew. it an easy decision to, yeah. to make, or was it difficult because yeah, you are so yeah. fit? I knew I was retiring at 45, probably about 10 years before. Really? Yeah, I wanted to last at 45. And now that's about 50. That's about 10 years longer than most people, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but I knew I could last till then, as long as I don't drink, uh, don't abuse my body. Uh, I just believe I could. Um, you, you hear stories like comebacks. George Foreman, 50. Yeah. Yeah, won the world 50. title at 45, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like uh, Randy Couture did that in the late 40s. Yeah. Um, along with Mark Coleman. But I just knew 45 is about right. The reason why 45, because beyond that, I don't know what damage internally is happening. My head, my body, my, li- my liver, you name it. Mm. So I don't know internal damage. I might look good at an outside, I might look physically fit and be physically fit. But what's actually happening inside? Yeah. I'm well, not... you've been knocked out as well, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. Do you worry about that? Uh, no. We well, seem very happens. lucid and very articulate. You look at the top fighters, everybody's got this one-punch knockout ability. Yeah. They all have it. But you're very, um, you're very articulate, very clear, because you do get that. When you hear boxers yeah, sometimes, yeah. you can hear I it in the voice, can't you? The thing with me, back in the day, it was all about hard fights, hard sparring, mm. which is not now. Yeah. And hard sparring, especially when you've got people like Chet Liddell, Glover Tachira, <laughs> all the top names in there. In MMA, I was taking, and I'm really a middleweight, yeah. and I was taking punches. Um, I remember Chuck Liddell dropping me a few times, and uh, I thought to myself, wow. <laughs> and uh, I remember when Chuck, you know, he was really polite, carried me everywhere, looked after me, but he said, I'm probably too light for him. He, he remember saying to John, I'm too light, and it was. And I think a lot of that g- gave my fighting career a bit more of a uh, shorter career life in way of like yeah. taking punches. Because yeah. around about, about, I think it was about 37, 38. I know I can take punch like I used to. No. Uh, That's what they say. It actually does change, doesn't it? Does Dur- change. Durability yeah, changes. Yeah, and then what I had to be smart, I had to hit without being hit. And that was my motto. Mm. And for longevity in sport, I taught people to be hit without being hit. And so a lot of the times I call this thing called a Krypton Spa. If someone tags you in a gym, mm-hmm. you've got to do an exercise. You have to do five tucks or maybe a press up. So you're wearing yourself down and you're getting punished. Yeah. Get, you know, if they get a real good hit. Oh, I you. see. Yeah. So you don't want to get hit for that reason. Yeah. And, it's so yeah. It was, and that's the way I What, what do you think about that? Because I heard someone talking about a boxer called Callum Johnson who challenged for a world title. He's light heavyweight in, in boxing terms. He's actually lighter than you and it's 175 pounds. Obviously, the, the weight yeah, categories yeah. are different. But he was talking about Scott Quigg as a, a lighter boxer who's just come back from uh, Freddie Roach's wildcard gym. Okay, yeah. And they were talking about, you know, whether they're worried about the damage that he may have sustained there because they're big believers in Freddie Roach's gym in Los Angeles in heavy, hard sparring. What do you think about it? Because it seems to be an increasing thought yeah. now. There's boxers like Anthony Yard at light heavyweight, that Tunji Ajayi, his trainer, saying, you know, we it's very light sparring. Well, or, the question or just, is... Because I understand it, the Thai guys, the mixed martial arts, but... They're all about just touching and sparring, aren't they? Yeah, and yeah. Getting the range. Yeah, the timing and everything else. I think you don't need to spar hard, but you know, in the old days, I came from hard sparring. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't think it's necessary. 
Um, I've changed the way I've been sparring for a long while now, and I, I'm producing champions still. Mm. And uh, but the problem is, like you said, some people's damage from getting a heavy hit is different to others. You might um, everyone has a limit over their career yeah, how much they yeah. can take. Some people can take a punch, mm. and the damage is not as evident. Yeah, then some people have a, a heavy punch, and in a short period of time, the damage is evident. In other words, it might cause epilepsy. Might, there's a lot of a lot of things that can happen. Mm. Some people are not built to take a, a heavy blow. Yeah, and you hear about some people getting a hit once, hitting a floor and then dying. And so person can be hit, another person get hit the same. Yeah. hit the floor but live. Yeah, but do you think there's a, there's a limit that how much you can take? So it, it makes sense not to take too much in training, so that when you you save it all for the ring, for the fight, that, yeah, that, that yeah, ability to take better. a punch. Yeah, uh, remember, if you've been concussed or knocked out in the last 28 days, you're not supposed to fight yeah. because it's dangerous. It's still good bleeding. Well, there's talk brain. of Anthony Joshua being knocked out in sparring ahead of the Andy Ruiz yeah. fight, the first one was then. Yeah. He didn't didn't seem right necessarily, although yeah. nothing as yeah. much has come out about that. Yeah, but, you know, it's like, uh, it's only he knows the truth about that. Yeah, yeah. But it's like uh, years ago, remember, um, they don't do weight cutting until the two days before. Yeah. Because they used to cut on a day and used to lose so much fluid, and the fluid around the brain is what stops the brain from hitting the skull. Yeah, it's like now they make sure you're hydrated enough, and that reduces the damage. So again, you got to think about. Well, I was going to ask you about weight, and because you're you're a taekwondo world champion, which we yeah. should talk about first. But with the UFC, you fought at what they call middleweight, 185 pounds, 13 yeah, yeah. stone two. Yeah. 84 kilograms, is it? Yeah, something like that. 180, 85 in uh, yeah. pounds. Which is which in boxing terms would be between light heavyweight and cruiserweight. So it's yeah. kind of it's it's up there in boxing. So but you're a, a guy who's six feet two, but you're naturally quite an ectomorph, aren't you? Quite yeah. long limbed. I never, I never, was I it never easy? It was easy for you. I never cut weight. Yeah. Never ever. I used to walk on with my jeans on. Uh, I've all my life, probably from the mid twenties, I've been the same weight. But you were happy at that weight. It wasn't too big for you. You were happy at that no, weight. No, one time, I, a couple of times, I cut down to welter, which wasn't no problem for me. But uh, I What's find welter? A welter weight is down to seventy-seven kilograms. Yeah, I'm not sure what that is in uh, in stones and pounds. But um, I, 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 it's okay. I you know, but I don't like. I like to. I, I think, one hundred and seventy was it? Yeah, but I think when you cuts? cut the body, when you cut the body down, I think you're taking nutrition out your body, your joints, yeah. your bones, and uh, I've always my my. Number one thing is longevity in life. Yeah. Well, that's what's the weird thing about combat sports is when people say this and you think about, of all other sports, if you said to an Olympic yeah. sprinter, yeah. we're going to starve you the week of the, the event, it, it wouldn't make crazy, any yeah. sense, would it? Yeah. So you think, but the, the argument's always been, it's this kind of fear thing, oh, I want to be bigger than the yeah. other guy when I get in there. And... On that note, but then would they starve themselves and then take blows to the body as well as the head yeah. when your body's not 100%? No. The body, when it's, the body's 100%, it can recover better. Yeah. When it's starving, dehydrated, it can't. If you were going to fight someone in the street, you'd want to be tipped up, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So people are doing this just to get the advantage of being a heavier person. And, you know, and I think it, it, it took it out of proportion. But my number one rule was always to be healthy mm. beyond everything else. If I could be healthy, I wouldn't fight. And uh, this is why I said 45, no matter what. I reckon I could go on longer. People say it all the time. Yeah. But I said 45. I even talked about having a veteran. How do you feel with your CV fitness and stuff now at 52? Do you still I'm feel... I'm still running circles it? around the guys at the gym. Really? And uh, But I train five times at each one of them. On a Friday, I call it fighting Fridays. Yeah. I spar everybody. So four <sighs> to five hours straight. And, uh, In what, 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 what discipline is down. this? What discipline are you sparring? MMA. MMA. Yeah, I, I might start with a bit of kip, uh, boxing then a bit of kickboxing, then a ground, and then I might finish with the MMA, do a bit of cage. But the idea is all round. There's no area I shouldn't be able to go. Yeah. And um, on a Saturday, on a, sorry, Sunday, we do a two-hour session with the guys and I'm involved with them. And it's just nice. But 
I don't think it's so. I don't care too much about how long I can last with the guys because I think I outsmart them. Where they turn a lot, mm. burn a lot of energy because of lack of knowledge on technique. Yeah. I think I preserve by being more technical. How important, how important has rest been for you preserving your fitness? Because something I've been aware of, I work uh, for Sky Sports yeah. News, which is a 24-hour news channel. Yeah. And it's in London. And quite often, I, you know, sometimes I have to get up at two in the morning. Sometimes I'm going to bed at two in the I morning. Think, and I've found that yeah. after becoming a dad as well, suddenly that I've started to feel that sleep becomes hugely important. I'm reading more and more about how yeah. there's no point exercising I've if you never, haven't had the rest. I, I'm known for not sleeping very well. Really? I, I know you used to sleep for more than about five hours. Yeah. And I'm always on the go. But um, I think it's not good. It's not healthy. So I take this thing called CBD oil. Oh, yeah. And I, I take that now and it knocks me out. Yeah. But I do wake up still. But is that I something thought, you, is it you take, you talk in, Yeah, just under your tongue, under your tongue. Yeah. Um, it's not illegal or anything. Uh, it wasn't around back in the day. I've only done the last few years of mm. doing that. Just no, there's a boxer called that. Anthony Fowler who promotes that as well. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. But I, I do like it. It does. I feel the difference. Yeah. And uh, it's meant to be good for your joints and everything else because I've trained all my life. Yeah. So luckily, my, I know people train less than me and they got joint problems, and I, uh, which is unusual. Another thing, I don't know why, mm. but because I've never stopped. It's never really caught me up. But you've also, the sleep thing, I think you've been obviously involved, you chased adrenaline, and when you pump too much adrenaline, yeah, sometimes yeah. it's hard to sleep, isn't it? I yeah, mean, yeah, after yeah, a, yeah. After a fight, happens. I guess you didn't Definitely, sleep for about yeah. two days, did yeah, you? Yeah, your brain's racing still. Yeah. There's a brain racing. Well, what, what is that? I, 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 don't, I don't switch off very well. Mm. But uh, I do find now, I do really want to sleep more, but I can't. Mm. But uh, the CBD oil makes me sleep deeper, so I think I get quality sleep. Yeah. Well, some people, I think, because there's a guy called Matthew Walker who wrote a book about why we sleep, but he says there's like a fraction of less than 1% of people who don't need the seven hours yeah, away. Yeah, and yeah. I think yeah, you might be me. in that category. If you, yeah. Obviously, if you're, and if you're physically performing as well, yeah. you can tell, can't you? Because if, you're, if your output's the same in yeah, the gym, you know you very creative with guys in, in giving them what they want technically, mm. you know, create. Because that's why I've got to be, I could be a fighter, but it doesn't mean I can teach. Yeah. But I'm more about teaching, directing. I'm self-taught in a way that I can, I can promote myself, uh, benefit myself, in a way I coach myself. That's what I mean by self-talk. Yeah. And it uh, allows me to pick guys up and say, guys, the way you're fighting, you'll be better off doing this area or this area. I tell people where, where they should strengthen themselves. And also their weakness, I get to, to def- be more defensive in that area. Mm. And, uh, but uh, I think, you know, with me sleeping a lot, it allows me to be alert and be able to work things out. If I, I lacked in sleep, I would be very good for a coach. I would be a very good coach. Just fresher and clearer. Yeah. In the air, not yeah, more articulate. My career is 100% now coaching. Really? So You're a qualified work. engineer though, aren't you? A qualified engineer, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was lucky about that. Um, <laughs> you never, you never, did you work as an engineer before? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was qualified. I worked for a company which worked for hydro, um, is uh, oil companies. Yeah. Uh, Hydrox actuators, it was. Actuators is what open and valves to let the oil through and everything else. And then they looked after me. And uh, I was one of the apprentices I got right to the end as well. And they, looked, they gave me some good, it was good money I got from that. Really? And then uh, I went on, I finished off doing computing and I worked for Barclays Computer Centre. Is that, that locally? Uh, yeah, that was locally. They moved to Chooksbury and that now. Mm. But then they, they, they paved the floor for me. Really? They, they sponsored me for my sport, Taekwondo. If I went to a hotel, they paid for everything. Give you time off to train, did they? Yeah, extra yeah. holidays. And when I left and I said, I'm going, uh, 2000, I got married. 2000, I went to a full-time career. They said, I'll be back. Because I got it too easy. And uh, two years after, I got the quickest knockout. They said, you're not coming back. Because <laughs> I was making enough money. To, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was never short. Was Again, it, I was never so short. How did, how, did you, how did a boy from Gloucester find Taekwondo then? What was the, the path there? Uh, taekwondo, I was banned from boxing. Uh, he, by, I, by your mum? By my mum, because of head damage. Uh, Lee was my role model. She's yeah. seen the damage. I, I, when I look at it now, I can understand. Well, there is an argument with UFC fans, and I have this 
because I find it weird being a boxing fan when I watch UFC because when they go to the ground I feel a bit uncomfortable because obviously in other sports the rules are when someone goes to the ground get back up. you start yeah. you let them get yeah. back up or yeah. whatever but people the UFC and I understand it so it's a legitimate argument they say UFC fans say to me actually boxing is more dangerous you look at the stats in terms of what the repercussions are the size of the gloves yeah. the concussion and also when I look at it I used to go training and I used to take at least uh, 100 hits yeah. and give out way more yeah and there's like, because I was good, I was fast, I'd move, I was, mm. you know, slipping and weaving. And then like the, the headshots, that's per session. And I trained a lot, mm. so I was obsessed by it. And then it's like, when you go to a fight, you're getting heavier shots. So you're getting all those shots and accumulated over years. How many hundreds, how many thousands is that? Yeah. But then when you go to martial arts, I go to a kickboxing and we're sparring and I can count probably about, if I get maybe 10 on me, that's bad. It's that's a lot a more bo- body shots, is it? Well, the idea is defence, blocking, slipping. Mm. If you're getting hit, there's something wrong. Yeah. So the idea is to erase that. And, yeah, because um, yeah, it's an argument with women's boxing that they say yeah. because there's less knockouts, it's more dangerous because yeah, there's persist- more, persistent they hits. They take more. Um, concussion is brain shaking, isn't it? That's mm. what it means yeah. in a dictionary. And brain shaking is, is about that hitting. Yeah, the Will Smith film was chronic traumatic encephalopathy. That it's pretty good. scary when that you see good, the, yeah. the brain scans and what American happens. American football, wasn't it? Yeah, American football was, yeah. yeah but so, so and that's not that but, direct. No, no. So, because this goes to show yeah. that, and you think about MMA, is like we do do takedowns and slams and stuff like that. So imagine that, along with a heavy takedown, along with hitting, mm. you know, that's why I think they, they can stop it, yeah. which is, which keeps more MMA safe. You don't leave, don't leave you to have to punch and knock a person out, yeah. which is great. And they, if you're taking too many shots, they stop it. I know MMA. I think you know. I really like the way it's gone, mm. and I, I do think it's the ultimate in combat. You do you do MMA. And you're a good MMA fighter. You Realistic. Can fight, you can fight on the street. Mm. I, Joe, uh, average Joe can't come up to you and push you. No, down, no, trust me. No. no chance. Yeah, you are dangerous. No, that's true. But that's the, that's interesting. That's what part of listening to Joe Rogan experience. Yeah. I know you've you've probably come across. And are Joe, you it's, it's are just, you uh, complete by just just doing boxing? Yeah, we just you can You're do not, what, but it's one rule set, yeah. isn't it? And jujitsu is not the same as well. A lot of them don't like being hit. No, it's, it's like it's nice that you put everything together. Yeah, and I, you know, I mind would stand up. If someone grabs you or takes you to the ground. I'd be stuck. Well, that's been the interesting thing. And what was the the basis for that? Was taekwondo for you? If people in their mind's eye, what does taekwondo look like? It's, it is kicking and striking, is it mainly? Traditionally, it's flicking. Flicking. <laughs> they don't really hit hard. Yeah. It's more about getting your leg up there and moving around. It's very flicky. So it's similar it, to kickboxing, you know? Yeah. yeah. The thing is, it's creative. You can you can put your leg everywhere and anywhere. What I did, I made sure I had power. Yeah. So suddenly, I could put my leg anywhere in any direction, but hit hard, which a lot of them don't. And do. this was, did you have a mentor in Gloucester that was no. teaching you? No. 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 I, I, Bruce Lee was probably the closest thing to it. So no one was coaching you. No, you didn't get into time. No, uh, no. The person who, who was teaching me was Clive, but he was never Clive Harrison, but um, or Master Clive Harrison, he called himself now. But um, he wasn't a, a fighter. No. Um, I basically I learned to because I did come to boxing. Within two months, I brought a few friends around and we ran aside and we were sparring. And when I used to finish, I met this guy called Errol Westcar, and then we used to go around the side somewhere in a school where we hired, where the the taekwondo was. And used to spar for all an hour. By the time we finished, the senior grades were finishing. <laughs> and then while they've been teaching, be, yeah. we've been sparring. By the time within two months. So you were novices and then you became yeah. the youngest world champion. Yeah. How did you even know that you were at that level when you were just sparring? Uh, with, I just with... kept winning. Yeah. I, just, I kept winning everything. I went to the first competition because I was talked into it by Errol, the same guy. Yeah. And uh, I said, I want to be a coach. A coach is like a person who coaches can, can coach for like 30 years. Yeah. So a fighter's years is like five years. Mm. 10 years you don't fight very long and he goes yeah but 
how can you tell what your teaching is going to work if you don't prove it? Yeah. And he sort of like outsmarted me. I go, okay, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, Because I, I was sparring him and he knew what Plus most coaches, be it football or boxing yeah, or whatever, yeah. they want to be in there, don't they? They yeah. still, like, still miss that. So I went in there and I thought, right, I've got to make, make these techniques work, which I've been messing around with. I had the- there were theories about the chamber kicking and that. I went in there and I went easily. Yeah. I was talking so easy, I was thinking... Was that a fluke? Yeah. I had about six, seven fights. We're knocking each, people out. Each, no, it's it taekwondo. So it's just point scoring. Points, uh, well, it's continuous. Yeah. It's ITF rules means you can pick a, it's a dominating person. So how do they judge that at the end then? Is it who's the most dominant? Yeah. You're knocking them off the square at the area, it's a matted area. So it's, it's not a point system. It's a point system. Yeah. Body head. If you get yeah, they're clicking. They got clickers. Oh, okay. So if you got a headshot, they click three times. You get a body shot one, and you're punching one. And so it's hard to argue if you lose one of those fights, then, isn't it? Yeah, you can do, but with me, they were just running. Mm, yeah. I was lucky, <laughs> and I, I kept winning. And, and uh, I got into, I got to black belt after three. So were you years. not allowed to knock people out, or were you allowed? to No, knock? you're not allowed. But there's a guy called Dave Oliver who didn't mind a little bit more excessive contact. <laughs> he ran the organization. <laughs> he's he? a bit more. If you're with him, he's in the corner. You can hit a bit harder. <laughs> by accident, drop the person. Yeah. You can say that you ran into it, okay. and there's a bit more. So. It must be quite hard to get your leg up to kick someone in the head but not kick them hard. It must be, in a way, quite yeah, difficult. Yeah, you've got head guards and stuff on. Yeah. But you'd rock the head back. But it can't be like malice like you're trying to knock them out. No. But luckily, when I got to, like I say, three years, got, I got to black belt. And uh, I had to wait because I wasn't quite eligible yet. And when I got to black belt, uh, the first ever World Championships came to England. Three months after being black belt. Uh, I went in and uh, the first competition I went to prior to the World Championships, I beat two England team members. Wow. And then, so what they did, they kicked the horrible, it's horrible, they kicked the guy out. Really? Put me in. <laughs> and it's like, and my, what happened is a weird story. The first ever fight I had on the World Championships, uh, the master was, the grandmaster was, uh, a guy called Hilai Chow, had a movie called Best of the Best. He was in there and yeah. he had all of these top champions. And his number one guy was a guy called Philip Amiris. Yeah. And he's still going out, I follow him on uh, you know, Facebook and that. Uh, you know, I, I'm friendly with him. Yeah. And uh, it showed a demonstration. He's fighting this one of the top guys, like heavyweights, Kim Stones, who's a good name. And he just played with him. Really? And the uh, first fight I had was him. Wow. And he goes, Mark, they stitched you up because they know you're new and you're green. They put it, and I, everybody's talking my demise. And I was thinking, why, and I, was, I was getting angry now. I was thinking, why is he really marking me off? But did that get inside your head psychologically? Did it cause well, fear or not? It gave me more incentive to prove everybody wrong. And I said to myself... I said to myself, I'm going to prove to this guy I'm someone to watch out for. If he beats me, fair enough. But he's going to say, next time I spot this guy, he could beat me. Yeah. So I was going to impress him. I hit him with a few side kicks, launched him back. <laughs> he, he, every time he's tried to step forward towards me, I pick him off the floor. He literally lift him off the floor because he's really? a bit heavier because it's yeah. more championships. And uh, he started running. Wow. And I thought, this is what I'm used to. <laughs> well, do you think, because you came, you came through my, um, my gate and looked out the front, front door and I said to you, wow, you got, you know, you're six, you're six foot two, but you've got yeah, really yeah. long legs. Yeah, you, yeah. Genetically, you were, yeah. you were predisposed to be good at Taekwondo? Yeah, but I love my boxing more. Yeah. Because I used to fight, I found boxing easy. I just find combat. Yeah. You've got long limbs, haven't you? Yeah. Very, very good. Very, uh, very good for, this is what I call range fighting. That's what I call my, yeah. my, my system of fighting uh, or the, the name on my score. It's all about the distancing. Yeah. And um, what I found is like uh, the certain kicks keep people back, which is straight front kicks, side kicks. But everybody does what we call round kicks or turning kicks, which means people can close you down. Because mm. the time it takes to get them... Well, no. You can, you can, if someone walks in, you don't hit them with a foot, you hit them with a shin. If you don't hit them with a shin, you hit them with the upper part of the thigh. But it seems like the most common kick in the world is round kick. Mm. To me, it doesn't make sense. 
If someone's coming straight in a straight line... It should be a front kick. Front kick, exactly. Or side kick. Or, if you can time it, a back kick. Yeah. Anything in a straight... The side kick's what when you pivot on your hip yeah. and then kick, yeah. But a lot of people don't seem to work it out. It's like in the quickest knock, uh, knockout in the UFC, for, it stood for five years, I knew I had to get Uni Jackson. He keeps his hands up. So I used a hook kick, which is called a hook, mm. to hook his arm down. Not to hit him, to hook his arm down, allowing me to step in. So if you understand what I'm saying now... Kicks are supposed to be used specifically to get certain effects. I had to set things up. Yeah. You can, there's kicks you can use going forwards, kicks you can use going backwards. If they start to circle in, you can spin on them. Yeah. And you know, and did you learn all those kicks in the gym or did you learn them on TV watching no, them? No, just practicing. Uh, to me, it just made common sense. Yeah. And there's people out there that they can look at, to, look at something and they think, wow. Because you, know, you could overcomplicate a martial art, right? Is that the problem you that can, people start yeah. to overthink? I, I, you know, they're like, what should I throw yeah. now? Or, yeah. or, but you, the, for you, it was natural. You just, it just Yeah, came. the simplifying came from the, the man himself, Bruce Lee. Mm. He used to talk, talk about simplicity and everything. So he was, Taekwondo was his big, his skill. You know, we did part of it. No, Bruce Lee used just Jeet Kune Do. He was like the Wing yeah. Chun and that. Then he went into... He, I did Wing Chun Kung Fu for a yeah. semester at university. Yeah, actually. Bruce Lee was when he... Uh, told everyone to be every you know do everything. Yeah. No way as a way. That was his. So he was a forerunner of mixed martial arts. One hundred percent. Yeah. If you look at, he died in seventy three, if I'm right. And his last movie he didn't even get to finish watching. He died before. Mm. Was Enter Dragon. The start of Enter Dragon is MMA. MMA gloves, shorts, ah. everything, kicking, takedown, armbar, and he did it. Wow. That's amazing. He died in seventy three. Yeah. So so when you mixed martial arts starts to come on the scene, you, you, the UFC starts to come yeah, out in the nineties yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. And you watch it. Did you think it was raw then? Yeah, but you, I mean, you, I, I, what did you think? Because you were you were striking, you were kickboxing. Yeah, you I didn't were like the hitting to the. Yeah, I didn't. What like about the um the wrestling part of it and the yeah? The, the I didn't like the hitting to the groin. I think that was bad. Yeah, he took that out. Yeah, and he could do everything. It was yeah, head butting. Yeah, head butting. I didn't like that as well. Uh, I was I was asked to join into one where we had all those rules in in Brazil, but I turned it down. Because Brazil is a home of big. Yeah, yeah, Valley Tudo. That's where it was. Anything goes. Wow. I didn't go to that far. I'm not, I'm a martial artist, I'm a traditional martial artist. Yeah. And I'm not a guy, a thug off the street, like I said. Mm. And uh, so I wanted something which is more, I can work the next day or work the next, and I'm going to die yeah. out of it or be, in my loser. You're going to get brain, the brain yeah, damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm 100% a martial artist. It's about the art, not about the, the violence. But you got a few chokes wins, didn't you? And you were making yeah, it was fifty fifty when I was coming through. How did I, you learn that then? I, I learned judo when I was twelve. Yeah, I did that. I found it too repetitious. I kept going over the same moves, and I want and I found it easy. So I wanted to advance myself. I know now that yeah. I pick up things fast. Yeah, combat wise, well, it seems like yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, is jiu jitsu related to judo? Are they uh, they're, they're ground grappling arts are very closely linked, um, but judo Japanese jiu jitsu is originally grappling. Brazilian jiu jitsu came from the Graces. And it's a spin-off of a lot of the other arts, yeah. even wrestling. You know, that is a mixed martial arts, really. Mm. Brazilian jiu-jitsu is a mixed martial arts. If you look at it, they it's take... kind of hybrid. Yeah, hybrid, yeah. They took all the strengths out of all the others and put it together in a unique way. What do you think when you watch UFC, and I'm not an expert on this, because Conor McGregor had that big stoppage win, didn't he, against yeah. Cowboy recently, but it, what is the... Is there a best martial art? Has it come to the... No. No. Is the best individual using what, like I said, when I teach, the what capitalising on what their God-given gift yeah. is. Uh, McGregor, uh, although he's looking at his early fights, he's not the same as he is now. Mm. Now he's found out what worked and he's honed it, he's developed it. Yeah. And he's very, very good at banging people out and he knows he can. Yeah. And he's, so he's honed his skills even on escaping the ground. But it's a, 
But you can fight on the ground. You can fight on the ground, yeah. But the unique people that are elite on the ground, is, his goal is to capitalise on them. And that's in. a Khabib guy that fought yeah, McGregor. But you yeah. capitalise on them coming in and try and catch them before that. You know, there's going to be two people. Someone who's uniquely great on the ground, uniquely great on standing, and is whoever can cancel out the other game. Yeah. Winner. Do you think someone can dominate just having a ground game? They're going to need striking, do you think? They need, they need everything. It can't, it, can't, it can't be done now. Mm. Everybody finds out as soon as you meet someone who's really good, he can't really take down very well, you're screwed. You're yeah. going to have to stand up game. Uh, GSP was a very good one. George mm. Sempier. Yeah. Is he still fighting or is he coming back? No, I think he's retired. He's retired a couple of times. Couple, he, I heard a couple of guys talking yeah. about his name, but I don't know, yeah. trying to get him out of I'm not sure. But he was well-rounded. Yeah. He's a Bruce Lee fan as well. He's like, he made sure he was round, he's good on everything. And like Bruce Lee, he had the best coaches, didn't he? Yeah. He had the money to get the best yeah. coaches. Um, every art. So, and you were so, you were instrumental in what helping bring the UFC to to England. To England. Yes, and I was that. lucky enough to be on the first one. What made it sort of captain? Once they seen the first one, the quick knockout. Ian Freeman with us smashing flat mirror. Suddenly, it, I could find a fight every weekend. You knocked him out how quickly? Uh, Ten seconds. It was the first of its kind. Uh, somebody look at it and say, "Well, I reckon that was about eight miles." And was that the first contest you'd had in mixed martial arts coming no. from kickboxing and type? No, 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 no. I didn't do MMA for a while. Yeah, uh, what, domestically in here. No, but it's a it's a it's a um, UFC is a the biggest um, I can say the biggest forefront, the biggest uh, what, biggest biggest kind of governing body. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now they are they're, they're they're the capitalists. They're the one if you want. Now go, you've got Bellator and biggest a, platform. I yeah. say you get the biggest rewards. Biggest mm. recognition, and it just grew and grew and grew, and it's like uh, so. If you want to make it, if you know you want to know that you've made it, with the celebrities as well around you, you go UFC. I remember UFC uh, in Miami. I had Vin Diesel wait for me outside. Really? Yeah. Uh, going hey, hey, do you want to go, out, go for lunch? You know that is a norm. Amazing. You go to you know you go to these events. These people uh, just. What do you think people you know, get? What do you think people admire about fighters? Just their courage. Uh, yeah, the heart. It's, it's a frightening career, mind. It's adrenaline and uh, going in. And to think you can get a beating mm. and you, you can overturn it, still win, and then st- still come back for another one. <laughs> you know, still sign up for another one after yeah. that. Was there, was there an optimum amount of fear yeah. beforehand? Do you need a little bit of fear? Yeah, fear. You need adrenaline. Adrenaline helps. Yeah. And if you can control it, I, the, I will say this to all the fighters, there's that guy you knows you've been training. You know that guy's been training. And you're both going to get adrenaline running for your body. Now, some people freeze, some people, you know, uh, lose their balance. Some people um, uh, channel, the, channel it in the right way. But the first battle, the first fight is who can control that adrenaline, mm. who can control that nerves. Now, that is the first fight. The mo- nine times out of ten, the one who can control the nerves the best and, and used to it wins. Really? I've seen great fighters. So how, how impressive were you, or how impressed with yourself were you? That when you had that first UFC fight, you were able to control that and win. So because you have to be clear headed to win in but ten I had, seconds. I, I think because I was chucked in the deep end at Taekwondo, mm. and it was a massive event. That's the first time Sky came about. Really, and it was on that. It was like uh, it was like thousands upon thousands, you know, loads of countries, and I was like in the forefront. And I, you know, everybody looked at me and I had pressure. And everybody saying that like, I meant to lose, I had pressure, and it made me pick myself up from it. Yeah. And then I went to full contact, and everybody's telling me, "Mark, you don't want to be doing that." I went on that. Then when I said he went into MMA, they said it was Bob Barrett and this guy called um, uh, Buster Reeves. And, they, uh, and they, I remember it was the only one on there and everybody just wanted to see what this new thing is. And I was there and everybody was watching to see what's going to happen. And I know that, you know, I, I get hurt <laughs> doing this. And did you I, feel that pressure or expectancy or did it fire you up? No, off? it fires me up. I always get fired up. 
And uh, I worked at Doors when I was 90, uh, in the 90s. Did you? And, uh, yeah, at Doors Security. And I, I started teaching the whole of Gloucestershire. In, in nightclubs in Gloucester? Yeah, in Gloucester. Yeah. And I started teaching the whole of Gloucestershire through the police. The police got me to help out. And uh, when I did that, it's like, uh, the, I, 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 again, when you see, I remember one time I had a St. Breach rugby team come in. And, we were, and there's only about, I can't remember his work, about seven or eight. And we had to get a hold of him out. Really? And uh, I, when I, I started smirking, because when I, when I laugh about it, it relaxes me. Mm. So I sort of smirk to myself and think, here we go then. Yeah. I want to see what I can learn from this. Yeah. So I do it as a, like a learning curve. Uh, I wanna, but I have to commit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we kicked them all out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, shirt ripped and everything else, but we handled them. Yeah, but good. that helped me. By the time I got to U- a UFC, I'm being used to being at the forefront. I'm used to having pressure. I'm used to being, you know, everybody focusing on me and... It, I think so every, you instinctively sought stuff that tested you throughout I've your always, life to I'm develop. A, I'm, a, I'm a adrenaline junkie. I've always ever had. Yeah. And I think, but I think it would have got to me maybe if I wasn't prepared that way. Mm. It does to a lot of people, but I was more, I felt I was more prepared. You must have had a lot of self-belief. Do you think that came from your upbringing? Yeah. Yeah. No one else could do it for you. <laughs> no. But you no think, you think, do you think your mum helped in that sense, giving you yes, a sense of like yes, worth and yes. belief, and that you? Could uh, like I said, I, I um, if you because her her message was to you, if you put the work in, you can achieve anything. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, I think when I was working, I was doing my engineering. I was only black guy doing it as well, and I think a lot of people think that uh, they carry a chip. You know, and this one guy was really nasty to me. Really, in a tour room, and uh, what did he say to you? He was just, he was just the way he prodded me with his finger. Uh, degraded me. Did they use sort of racial epithets and stuff? No, it's just where he, I think it's just where he was. Yeah, but, but did you being, did being you, a black guy? I thought it was my. But did you, did your parents ever explain that to you what racism was? Because it doesn't really make sense no, my, when you're a kid, dad, does it? My dad carried more of a chip. Yeah, yeah. My mum was uh, the opposite. Yeah, uh, she was like, uh, you just got to embrace it, and uh, it's something what people don't understand. Yeah, and uh, so. But it doesn't make sense, does it? Because all it is is skin color, which is based on. Obviously, you know, yeah. our, my sort of immediate ancestors grew up around here, so I've got white skin because there's yeah, not yeah. much sun around yeah, here. Yeah, and yeah. whereas you grew up, your ancestors yeah. would be somewhere where it's warmer, where they needed, you know, they had a lot more but, sun. That's all it, it is. When you look at it now, if anybody was to study the most wealthiest people in the world, mm. a lot of them come from Africa. Yeah. And they're minted. I'm talking about billionaires. Yeah. Most of the billionaires come from there. Yeah. Well, there's no difference. People are so, human, yeah. humans are humans, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. so some people look, look at them and look at black prisons automatically think, oh, poor. Mm. But why? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was brought out around worshipping people who are black, like myself, and are, are wealthy. Yeah. You know, Obama changed everything anyway. But Yeah, yeah. You know, and people might say, yeah, he's mixed. And like, no, 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 no. You know, there's, everybody's mixed. In Everyone's some way. mixed. But the thing in is, some you, way, yeah. yeah. My mum is from an Indian descendants. Yeah. whack Indians and stuff like that. Because in the Jamaica, in America, it's all Indians. Mm. Native the, Americans, English, yeah. English went over there and took over the Irish and that. And, but they are originally, that's their country. Yeah. So West Indian, we're a part Indian. It's just that the runaway slaves came to Runaway Bay and are automatically free. Mm. But they mixed with the Jamaicans, which was West Indians, and that's what they are. So we're mixed with part African. And it's, it's such a strange concept not to judge people by their character to yeah, judge them yeah. by a surface thing because yeah. you may as well judge them by size of feet oh that, they've got big yeah, feet we've yeah, got little feet yeah. we're, we're the, but just, human beings have that instinct don't they for, for tribalism it's politics I'm left yeah, wing you're yeah, right wing yeah. I'm this or that it's, man, man will always separate himself by something by the way your hair is mm. by the colour of your skin the nose what religion religion, yeah, religion is a bad one look yeah. at Ireland yeah. you know you've got two parts of Irish is Irish yeah. but 
Yeah. <laughs> no, no, what? And you think there's people virus, and then you get funny about it. I've always thought there's someone who could be. If there's people who adopt that view, there's someone who could be your best friend or your wife, yeah, but you're yeah, never yeah. going to meet them because you've yeah. got these ideas that you get obsessed with, rather yeah. than actually just getting to know people and, and kind of yeah. seeing whether you like I, them. I like to see everybody as an individual. Mm. The first thing I like to do when I talk to someone is to I like to find out what they're into mm. and how much they know about it, and to feel how. Um, how knowledgeable they are about it. Yeah. And I think, because life is about one thing, knowledge, yeah. about growing. And every time I meet someone with some knowledge, they pass it on to me. Mm. It makes me grow. And if I find, sometimes they hit a nerve and then I research more about it. And did, did fighting, was that an expression of that desire to get better, to, to get mastery? Oh, or was it, yeah, was yeah. it, was it um, something that helped develop that, that aspect to you? Or was it I think it did. It actually helped me. Um, when you haven't got uh, aggression so much, you're outsmarting someone because mm. I wasn't about to fight no more because I was good at fighting I realised that but I had to outsmart them and my role model Muhammad Ali what did he do? he, he outsmarted a lot yeah, of fighters yeah yeah and then he changed there's sort of like the first incarnation wasn't it and then the second incarnation yeah, he yeah. wasn't as fit so he sort of had an old different George Foreman was good as well <coughs> he rope with dope yeah. and that yeah. and uh, he taught people down uh, Sonny Liston when he was in the 20s mm. he put towels under his uh, robe <laughs> he looked bigger really? And when, when Sonny Liston looked at his shoulder he knew he had him yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. he never measured up to him before that. He, yeah. he, he did a lot of taunting. And he, you <coughs> Very know, clever. Yeah, and uh, like uh, again, my other role model was Bruce Lee. He outsmarted me. He, knew, he was a uh, major in philosophy, and he studied that. And he, he, he was always about outsmarting. He's always talking about how knowledgeable, how he's out, outthink someone, a fighter. Yeah, he doesn't react. You know, he's like uh, you got to adapt like water. He says, you put water into a kettle, becomes a kettle. Put water into a cup, becomes a cup. <laughs> and he's talking about that. It can, it can, it can <coughs> yep. flow, it can run, it can drip, it can, you know, so be like water. That's the Tai Chi thing, really. No, no. That's where it, it comes from, yeah. Tai Chi. But I, so it always tells you about being adaptable. But they talk about it as a vehicle for self-improvement, don't they? And, it should, yes. and you, you can yes. take the principles of, of mixed martial arts, yeah. of a martial art, and apply that to other aspects of your life. Do you do that with being a father, being a, yeah, a husband? If you ever know what I do with my kids, it's unreal. <laughs> Psychology, like their discipline. Uh, their discipline is and they hate it um, yeah you might quit, you know give us smack on the head or whatever if they do something wrong but mine is and they hate it my daughter was always worse my oldest daughter if I say it, I'll save it mm. now how this works basically you do something wrong and uh, uh, say I and, you, and I didn't like it I'll say right I'm going to save it <laughs> what happens within an hour the, the child forgets about it goes around about business runs around think, ah, it's and then asks you for something um, a week after on a date <laughs> I'll set it the same day and I keep reminding them, leading up to that point. And then on that certain day, I said, oh, do you remember that time you smashed this or you did that? Okay, do you remember it? Now is the time. Mm. And what I'll do, if I pay for a trip, I might pay for it. I ain't going to miss out. Yeah. I say that trip and everything, they're ready to go. I goes, now is the time, upstairs. And I'd, I'd phone the school and say, right, you're not going. <laughs> and wow. they will miss out. And then when they go to school and their friends are talking about how great it was. Yeah. So it's teaching repercussions. Yeah. So yeah, karma. Yeah. Which would you have rather have? You'd rather get hit straight away, get out of the way, or someone yeah, saving it for yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And that's teaching about how things can come back on you. Mm. That's yeah. discipline, yeah. That's teaching a kind of commitment. That's psychology. Now, that is a fighter's mindset to me. Yeah. That is teaching how to beat someone. Back. Now, I go to my kids, I go, I was, don't, 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 don't say it. My, my kids will bend over backwards not to me to say it. Yeah. Because they don't know when it's going to come. It's an unknown. But they know it's coming. But you can see that concept in training for a fight, can't you? That if you yes. go easy on your diet, yeah. you treat yourself, and then, and then long term, yeah. it's going to come back to bite yeah. you. Yeah, but people cheat. Mm. Drugs and whatever. Yeah. That's a common effect. Because the only downside to that, 
is like when you get into the 40s or 50s, something can happen. Do you worry about um, cheating in mixed martial arts? Is I it, do. Because they worry it's, about in boxing. It's getting more, because there's so much money in it now, so much fame and fortune, it's going to go that way. Yeah, especially always, when, you're, when, always you're, does. when you're dealing with people's always lives. Always does, yeah. And then, then they're forgetting about the, the idea, for me it was always about the health. Yeah. But then if I shortcut, there's going to be some what comes back. You know, I look at, you know, nobody knows Flojo, Forrest Griffith Joyner, mm. unbelievable woman, woman, woman yeah. athlete, heart attack at 40 odd. You know what mm. I mean? It's like, yeah. it's all this. People Very don't suspicious, know. isn't it? Yeah, 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 but I'm just saying, she had the physique of a man. And, mm. You know, there's always people, and they're doing this, some of the weirdest things now to, mm. to, you know. That's a hot topic in fighting, isn't it? It's yeah. people that have um, gender conversions short, short, from, from, yeah. from men to, to be women and then they fight other women and they say yeah. it's, it's unfair advantage. Yeah, you a, a, testosterone life, a lifeline of testosterone. Yeah. yeah. So, but it, uh, that, that, like I said, cheating's going to happen. Cheating's going to grow. You can't stop mm. it. It's just, you've got to stay ahead of the... So would you recommend, uh, obviously there's health concerns to it, but would you recommend for parents out there getting their kids into martial arts, into sports like that, combat sports? 100%. Build, does it build character or does it reveal it? Does it right, do, do I both? do class, I taught my kids the same way. Mm. I, I developed, only reason I had a young adult class, I call them, not kids, they don't like it at a certain age, I call them a young adults class, is to allow my kids to develop the way I wanted it. And I had so many people join in, and I'm water walling there. And the reason why that is, the three signs of confidence, the eye contact, mm. vocals, and posture. They're not allowed to put mm. their hands in their pockets. And when they talk, each one of them from a red belt upwards, the last couple of grades, they have to take the class. So you're teaching psychology and yeah. body language. They've got to warm up, they've got to stretch and everything else. They've got the foundations, but I never teach them. They mm. learn from the others doing it now. And it's like a, 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 what's the word, a conveyor effect. Yeah. And then that's how I teach them. And everything I teach them, I teach them basically knife defense which is not for the sake of a knife, but that could be a screwdriver, it could be a fork, it could be a pen, a pencil, mm. anything what stabs. And uh, I, I, I don't do anything fancy like swords and stuff like that, all practical stuff, basic releases, do grappling for the sake of being pinned and punched, but everything's practical. They fight over a ball, a mm. little football, and they grapple for that. And it's almost people who are around violence respect violence more and almost avoid it more, yeah. don't they? Because but they kids need it. Yeah. And it's getting worse. At kids, your personality is moulded by school. Yeah. What happened to you at school? Were you the person being picked on? Mm. Or were you the person doing the picking? You know, doing, yeah. You know? And if you are, it's not good anyway. It's not good character. But then it's like, it's not, no one picks on anybody that looks confident to, or someone to stand up to you. Mm. So the idea is allowing your, your child to go through school with a bit of confidence to stand up for himself. And that character goes on into life because I said uh, and learning a skill as well how exactly, much how yeah. important is that in because you can apply that to other areas of life can't you yeah and I always tell them that the, as I go through the grades you're becoming more of a leader that's why they, they teach that's why I get all of them to teach at a certain grade because two sorts of people leaders and followers hmm. you know think about it, leaders uh, charge hands supervisors foremen you name it they're the ones you want to be I said when you're with your friends and someone tells you right let's go and steal in the shop let's do this you, you follow them mm-hmm. and you don't want to but you don't want to look like you're weak so yeah. you do it with them and then you get in trouble with them yeah. but you go be able to like me I was really bad when I was younger I used to say no I mean my cousin trying to get me to smoke yeah. you know smoke ganja do you have to ethics and principles no I just didn't want to do it yeah. I just my health was obviously obsessed with my health when I was a young mm. age so as soon as he said oh smoke I go no he goes if you want to come around because he's a few years older than me and he goes if you want to come around with us he goes oh, drop me off <laughs> and uh, I, I was so that's real strong mindset I know but I still don't know why it was like that yeah because when I look back I think Damn, yeah it's trying to work out whether I, you had the mental attitude to do martial arts or whether yeah. martial arts can build that in people yeah, as well yeah so I was, it's a bit I of was both. strong straight away so I don't know why I was like that mm. 
I was always rebellious. I'm yeah. rebellious. You, yeah, you, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't have nothing. No tattoos, no piercing. Yeah, yeah we're talking about tattoos, right? We're talking yeah. about how everyone's yeah. got yeah. a tattoo. I'm about everything where everybody's following. Yeah. I have to be a leader in more ways, you know, as much as I can. It's funny how that changes, isn't it? It's now rebellious not to have a tattoo, where it used to be rebellious <laughs> to have yeah. a tattoo. I did want one. Yeah. And then now I don't want one. So when I was young, the only thing I did, I had these weird hairstyles and <laughs> stuff like that. And uh, I remember that. Yeah. And my dad had a, fl- uh, you know, did he? had a fit. Kind of straightened up, put this weird, no one else had. And, your dad, uh, dad must have had an afro in the 70s, didn't he, your dad? Uh, no, he just had no hair. Yeah. I, I, I did that sort of, you know, Jerry Curl as curl as they call it and yeah. whatever. But uh, I, I've always wanted to stand, not stand out in a way of bad, but stand out in a way of good. Yeah. Show everybody on the individual. But I don't know where that came from. I really haven't got a clue where that came from. And do you think you're optimistic for the world? We have all these tribal divisions at the moment, don't we? Russia and the USA and yeah, all this yeah. kind of stuff and on a bigger scale. And then domestically, there's, there's racism and anti-Semitism and stuff like that. Do you think you're optimistic that this, we're working things out and the human beings can live together I don't peacefully? think we can work it out because no. it's countries and we're always going to fight to be the best. Yeah. And it's the same, like I say, about religion. My religion is better than yours. You know, uh, you're like my colour is better than yours. Yeah. You know, it's like... Uh, yeah, it, it but fighting treat seems to treat uh, it's seems respect, nature. doesn't it? Respect for other yeah. people, whereas I think sometimes people don't respect. Other yeah, people. but it's in our nature. You put three kids together, okay. The one who looks like got the best toy, you watch the other one go and try and get it. Yeah. And if they can't get it, they start fighting over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And like when you try yeah. and complain to the parent, the other one justify why he should have it. They've had it long enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not because yeah. they had yeah. it first. Yeah. And then that's the or way. they say my mine's yeah. better anyway. I've got but this we one. We never change. Yeah. That is us. Yeah. Right through. It it, it it sort of goes another yeah. way, but it's the same thing, right? We're it's like amazing when people make, people make generalisations about yeah. people they don't know and things like that. It's amazing, really, humans. Yeah. Really. This is why you, a matter of times I heard someone be nasty to someone and I realised they're not being nasty because it's genuine what they're saying. Yeah. It's because that person's got a nice car, maybe everything's going right with the person. Jealousy, you up, yeah. You know, I've had that a lot. Yeah. And it's like, uh, but I, I just, I understand that person, my value upbringing where he wasn't taught, taught right from wrong. And so when someone's jealous of me, I just see a weak mind. Yeah. And, and material I, things don't bring happiness. You brought no that before, don't they? No way. No way. You can breed a bit of insecurity. No, so, or feed insecurity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my car got, my, my wife got a nice car. I got a banger. I, got, I only got <laughs> that to take the pressure off her. Yeah. I got a couple of scratches on the side. I, didn't, I had a car before that. It was really nice. Only reason I got rid of it is to, the scratches is to give it to my son. And he loved it. Yeah. But my car's got scratches on the side. I it's quite relaxing though, isn't it? You don't have to worry about it then. Yeah. So, as long as it yeah. gets from my A to B, I'm fine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I've never, I, I'm really into business because my mum, uh, so I've always had shares. I've always did, back in the day, it was ISAs. Uh, by the time I got to 40, the amount of money I had on my ISA was unreal. Wow. But it's like, uh, I've always been business orientated, which I think really helped me a lot in my it's martial arts. Compounding, cumulative, like you do, you yeah. put the work in, you put the money in the bank, it adds and up. And that helped me in my martial arts. It allowed me to be able to go full-time when I, was, uh, when I, when I got to 2000, paid for my wedding, went to, took everybody to Jamaica, and I come back and I started fighting. Yeah, and I've never really my wife never knows what I've got she never knows what I've invested in <laughs> but I always knew I had investment and every other month if I was short I'd take some of the ISA what, uh, what gained every other month yeah. not every month because I've got money's got to be building and um, I've always found that I never used to do that it's to be creative uh, as soon as I started teaching doing martial arts taekwondo I started teaching to my friends within about a few months of doing it because I was one of the best kickers, yeah. straight away, yeah. in two months. So what do I find out? I was good at something, I started teaching it. Well, mate, you're a pretty, you're pretty gifted guy around. It's great financial advice as well. Yeah, I think that's yeah. true. But it's, a good, it's an attitude that you can use sport and everything as a foundation. That's why I call this podcast Sport and Life. Yeah. People, you can learn lessons from that, sport and apply them to, to everyday life. Go. If you're good at something, use it 
in other other arenas, yeah, yeah, yeah. that concept yeah. of practice and, and, yeah. and planning and everything. Mark, we've done almost an hour. Sorry, mate. Yeah, it's been yeah. great. No, it's brilliant. No, it's great. Because I know you've got to go back and pick your kids up. You've got your yeah, second yeah. time. You've got two young kids now as well as the yeah, older yeah, ones. Yeah. But it's been an absolute pleasure. Really appreciate you coming yeah. over. That story, in touch. as I don't forget, what happened. So stop recording. I'll yeah, stop yeah, recording yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. Yeah, sorry, it's a, a private podcast, a private um, uh, mention that Mark's got for me there. We'll look forward to that. But I hope you enjoyed this. Do get in touch. Ed Draper, 81 on Twitter, Ed underscore Draper81 on Instagram, Mark, um, and they can check out your gym, name your gym. Uh, Range Martial Arts uh, in Gloucester, Bristol Road. Range Martial Arts, Bristol Road. Brilliant stuff. Cheers, guys. Hope you like it. Rate it on iTunes if you do. Speak to you soon. Thank you.